Lads, 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 welcome to If You're Happy, Do You Know It? This week's guest is Boz. You'll find out what he's like when you listen to the show. Recording now, are you? Oh, you yeah. are. Damn. <laughs> Why? Will you put this out? <laughs> it's possible. Depends Especially what you time. say. I still use a blanket from when I was about four years old. Okay, I won't put that. I out. don't. I don't have to. Um, but it's. I had like a, a. It was a security blanket, but it wasn't the security thing. It was the. It was a soft feel. Oh, so right. it has to be a certain type of fabric. Right. And if it isn't that type of fabric, it's no good. And then one of my friends flushed mine down the toilet because when I was a kid, I used to carry it around with me. And it was really long. Then it got cut in half because it was too long and I kept tripping over it. Yeah. And then I was at his house once. He got so pissed off with me always having this thing. He threw it down the toilet and flushed it. That is heartbreaking. So what, I, what I've currently got is one of those inner pillow, pillowcases, which is really, really soft. Yeah. Um, and I used to need it um, years ago. But like I suppose the last 25 years or so I've been better. But I like to have it there. And I will just reach out in the middle of the night and the side of the bed. And I it's just that. like having something soft between my fingers. It's really yeah. odd. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Now, do you actually want me to get rid of that bit? Well, it's up to you. I, I, I'm not that precious. <laughs> no, it's not. It. I mean, Lavinia <laughs> loves taking the piss that I'm, you've got a blankie. And it's like, well, yeah, I've got a blankie, so what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's wrong with a blank? You know, blankies, I think we all probably have blankies, but they're just, you've actually got the blankie. Yeah, physical but blankie. But everyone's yeah. got like a psychological thing, probably from when they were a kid. Um... I quite like uh, a cuddly toy now and then. I'm not yeah. afraid to admit it. Wouldn't that wrong with it? Uh, especially if I have to go away. I like to have just a little... <laughs> I can't take the cats. It's really hot in here, isn't well, it? Well, that's the thing. I've missed... I've missed like, I haven't had dogs now for six years and they were a big part of my life. And it's been medically proven that petting an animal mm. just lowers all of the stress hormones. Absolutely. For them and you. It's the perfect symbiosis, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. um, would you get a dog? I live in a flat now. Oh. I can't... I you get a really little one that doesn't like walking. <laughs> yeah. Chihuahua. It. I, I don't know if I'm allowed either. That's the other thing. But like, if we ever get the dream of moving right. back to Spain, we've got a garden. First thing we get is a dog. Six dogs. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> On the way there. Yeah, I'll just buy another house for the dogs. Yeah, like, yeah. But there'll all be rescues out there. Cause, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. There's so many around. And the thing is, you get generations of crossbreeding. So you can't right. just see one of these dogs and go, oh, that's part Labrador, part Shih Tzu. No. Like, no, that's 15 different genotypes <laughs> yeah. right there. They're probably <laughs> so, really healthy, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, um, well, Lavinia's seeing her dog this week because she's going back to Spain. Oh, right. And it's so now, she's got, she's got what, what, a family? Pet? No, well, they, so she lost them in the divorce like I did. Oh. So it was pretty hard. Um, but long story short, too late. Uh, he ended up living with her ex-husband's aunt. And she's still very good friends with her. So okay. when she goes to see her, she gets to see her dog. Wow. It's really weird. He's 15 now. And he's a big boy. He's this right. size. Alsatian size. Nice. But he looks like a massive Westie. <laughs> weird. Yeah. I'd love to know what Why hair, like out the whiskers. And they need long to do 23 and me for dogs. And you just <laughs> yeah. give him a little paw prick and go, oh, yeah. where's he come from? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Boz, you know, I haven't really introduced you, but here we are. Um, Boz... You delightful bastard. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast arena. Do you want us to 
um, use your actual name at any point? Nah. Should we just fine. stay with it? Yeah, well, we can get Great. into that, actually, because it really ties into the happiness thing. So. Oh, good. All right, well, <laughs> yeah. then I'll let you. You've been a champion of this show since day before day one. Yeah, I was a champion of your previous show, and I was sort of mortified well, when you you're stopped You're the only it, one. So. <laughs> I'm, the only I'm one. telling you off to start, because you have a wonderful voice, and stop oh. criticising yourself. I know you don't want to hear it, but we do. All so right. That's... Thank you very much. I'm trying to get better at just thanking you, but you're, an, you're also a podcast host. You've been podcasting for bloody years. I'd, yeah, I'd consider 11, you, I think. Uh, <laughs> wow, yeah. Jeez, that's like, that's like podcast day one, right? It is close. That's early yeah, on. Yeah, it was. That's it pretty was early on. Just after iTunes picked up podcasting. Yeah. Um, we so you, you, I mean, you're um, you're a seasoned pro. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. But do you listen back to yours at any point and go, "Oh, I like my voice." Yeah. Do, you yeah, do. No. This, oh, this, oh, fine. See, this is another. I, I actually, I made some notes because I've been listening to the show, and like you mentioned a while back, that you know maybe I come in, so I was just like, I wonder, you know. So the so, so talking points I'd kind of made notes of, and one of them was that um, I discovered recently I'm quite a big narcissist, and um, <laughs> I used to say it as a comedy thing on my podcast when we first started out. I said, of course, I am a massive narcissist, mm. um, and then I found out that there's. It can be hereditary in families, and someone in my family was diagnosed clinically as narcissistic. Oh, wow. And then I started to look into it and read up on it, and I went, "Oh God, I am." Um, wow. And that Are you means, a Trump? Well, no, it's a different type of narcissism because what I have is a more self-deprecating narcissism. I don't know if that's the term. I, there's, there is a word for it, but I don't yeah. know what it is. Um, okay. So I would listen back to my podcasts um, after you've edited your own voice for so after so many hours, yeah. uh, the whole not liking your own voice goes away. You just become immune to it. So, I'm not there yet. Yeah, I, I don't hear it. Right. So, I Sometimes I listen and go, oh, that was a nice bit of chat, but it's not because... So I'm not looking at my watch there. I've got a little weird <laughs> little thing. Did you say uh, that new movie, The Case of La Llorona? La Llorona. 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 Have you seen it? Yeah. Do you like it? Bits of it? Which bits? The credits? <laughs> no, I liked a couple of the scares. It, it, I like, yeah, I like the first time they did the scare. Uh, the, the, yeah, and then the they scare. did it over yes, and over yes. and over again. They kind of did do that, didn't they? Yeah, no, it's weird because um, uh, as I walked out of it, I noticed I had little weird... Um, marks on your wrist. Marks on my wrist. So if anyone's seen that movie... Have you heard it. any disembodied crying in corners of the office? Anyway? Yeah, but I think it was Stuart. Okay. He's going through a hard time, he's just crying a lot. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was a bit, I literally walked out, I went with a friend and I was like, that, genuinely, I don't think that was there when I walked in. So. I mean, that was a solid two and a half star movie. <laughs> yeah. What's the half for? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Being generous. Don't, actually, that's one thing that really pisses me off in movie reviews. I go, I'm going to give that two and a half stars out of five. Why don't you just give it five out of 10? In fact, on Ooh. my, on my yeah, yeah. show, we, we have the 50 shades of death scale and we, we give it a mark out of 50. Yeah, yeah. It allows for more. Yeah, it's very Stops. intricate. It's granular. <laughs> yeah. Granular stuff, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, I saw that. Anyway, happiness, though. <laughs> yeah. We could just, we? we'll end up doing your podcast by accident. <laughs> if you get me talking about horror movies and you. Yeah, no, we could we, just you need to do, do that, but you need to come and guest on mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, welcome to, uh, if you're happy, do you know it? Are you? Do you? How do you spell it? How do you get involved? <laughs> You can pick which order you answer those questions okay. in. Shall I go back to the narcissism thing? Yes, uh, please. Yeah, that's what yes, we were talking please. about. Because yeah. um, being a narcissist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but so what I noticed was is that my my a lot of my narcissism 
uh, comes out in in seeing myself in a negative light. So uh-huh. if say the group of say hypothetically say we all work together and then yeah. Nick came in one day and he's in a terribly bad mood. My yeah. initial response is completely out of my control is what did I say? What Ooh, did I do? It's you. And it, it sort of hammered home to me recently. There was something like that happened. And I, and I said something. And my wife just went, not everything's about you. And it, and it wasn't like I was trying to be the big I am. It yeah. was that I thought that I'd done something wrong. I completely, 100% agree with you. Hmm. That's me as well. Wow, you've Did just you? uh, opened up something about myself <laughs> I hadn't thought of. It's, I would never have thought to consider it narcissistic. Hmm. But more... Yeah, I kind of I have an assumption that everything's my fault. Mm. I've done everything wrong, um, and especially I think in my in my home, yeah, uh, with my wife. So if she's if she's upset about something, my yeah, like you say, you can't control it. My brain goes, "You've upset her," mm. and it's not, and it's it must come across in that way, like, "Oh, it's all about you." It's not that. It's more like. Well, no wonder she's upset. She's got to live with this. Yeah. Some would call it a guilty conscience, but like, no, I don't think that's what it is. No, I don't, no I don't think it is, because that suggests that you know you did something wrong yeah. and in some way you've hidden it. But I just go, oh, she seems sad. It's probably because I look really fat and ugly today. Like, it's more that kind of stuff. Like, mm. oh, she must be going, what a disappointment. And then it turns out it's almost never me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, it does for me. So many times where I think I've done or said something pretty horrible, or just yeah. like, very often I just open my mouth to change feet. I I <laughs> I, I think aloud and then think I shouldn't have said that. Um, yeah, and I did it recently with some friends, and I was absolutely mortified. And I've been banging on about it since. And she's like, "Look, it's not that." And then yeah. you know, it literally just today, I got sort of a assurance that no I haven't damaged that relationship <laughs> that I thought I had by saying that thing oh wow so does that play on your mind a lot do you think that's yeah. like a yeah. yeah it feeds into a type of anxiety and yeah um, I have I suppose people think I'm a very happy positive upbeat kind of a person right and that's how I come across when I meet people I'm not socially shy I walk into a room and just talk to anyone you know, yeah I'm quite happy like yeah. that um, so I suppose the things that sort of hamper that side of me is I actually have a, a vein of negativity that runs below the surface, which is mm-hmm. constant. Um, and anyone who spends a lot of time with me, it comes out quite a lot. And the funny thing is my grandmother always said to me, don't use the words I hate. And sometimes if I could listen back to myself, oh, I hate when this happens. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate yeah, when people yeah. do that. Um, <coughs> so th- there is that side of it. Um, yeah. I've just completely lost my train of thought. No, no. Um... <laughs> You hear you the the vein of negativity was a really interesting uh, way of putting it. Yeah, it's un, under a a surface. So do you, do you feel like consciously you try to present a boss that is this happy go like this kind of? No, I think pleasure. that's just my character. Right. But my, okay. But my character is then my character's in front, yeah. and then who I am is slightly behind that, and the thought process is behind it. So because right. what you see is what you get. So I don't pretend anything. I'm going to challenge with that because you've literally just contradicted yourself. <laughs> I'm not uh, not in a bad way, mm. but you say you just said something that I think actually uh, um, works for a lot of people. It's probably, and I really find it interesting, like why I like all these masks so much. Mm. This idea that there's a, there's a there's a what people or what 
actually what everyone sees of you is like a completely different story hmm. based on who's telling it, right? But then you just said, I've got that, and then underneath that there's the real me. But then you said, what you see is what you get. You can't be yeah, both. Because, well, <laughs> I suppose the thought processes make what comes out of your mouth, isn't it? But like the, mm. your, the way you present is so much body language, posture, ability to communicate, stuff like that. So that's all, like, so that's surface stuff. That's, that's what it is. I can't change that. Okay. And a lot of the times I wish I could. Yeah. Like if I could hear back things I say on a weekly basis, I would retract. So I would redact so much with that black pen all over it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but why would you? Do you think that what you say to people has caused genuine damage? No. Oh. It's just that... It's that Live with it then. It's that narcissistic <laughs> negative thing. It's, it's right. really strange. And it's a really hard thing to try and unpack because I don't think I've ever said any of it out loud before. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> yeah. We're in the deep end. Um, I, I, th I think the, word, the, the choice of word narcissism, I think maybe just because I bring with it like that's a, um, something quite negative. Mm. And I think because obviously the world uses it a lot to describe the US president right now. So you <laughs> don't think accurately. That, that, that's not going to be a positive thing, is it? <laughs> that's a clinical I thing. I don't think of you as someone who's narcissistic because I feel like, to me, that always kind of means like someone who's obsessive about presenting themselves, I guess. Like no, everything revolves around them. Everything, they love everything about themselves. Whereas what you seem to be suggesting is is a self <laughs> well, that's why I looked it up because there are levels of it, and right. there is actually it is like I think it's a Wikipedia or wherever I found it, and I actually wrote a massive one night. I had such an anxiety thing going on. I sat down, I wrote, I went on my computer, and I wrote four, four pages of a blog post that I never put anywhere. It's oh, just wow. sitting there, yeah. um, and it was about assessing my own narcissism. And I looked it up, and that's when I looked it up, and I thought, no, this is a thing, right. because all narcissism is is putting yourself at the center of everything. Now that doesn't mean you are the be all and end all. Mm -hmm. It's just so if if there's like sh shitty chaos going on, you put yourself in the nucleus of that because it's all my fault. Right. Yeah? Okay. So it, it, it's damaged that way around. In a similar way, do you think you put yourself at the centre of things that are positive? Yes. Well, that's nice. <laughs> it, but. <laughs> but like if the something goes right, it, do you go, that was because of me? Yeah. Okay. I, and maybe too much. And then that's where the narcissism does become a little bit harmful, I think. So I, I do mm. float on that line and I'm very, very... because I, I guess because now I've identified it, I'm way more conscious of it. Yeah, yeah. But I do find myself in situations trying to... I, I used to be way worse. Right. Um, so like validating myself by things I'd done, people I'd met, whatever, you know. Which is ridiculous saying to use. So if it's a brush with fame, and I'm sitting on the edge, you know what I mean? I, I used yeah. to be really, yeah, just oh yeah, and then I did this, and I, and it's, I still have conversations like that, and I just want to tell people about cool stuff that's happened to me, maybe. Right. And yeah. then I analyze it afterwards. and go, oh, that sounded so big-headed. That sounded so much <laughs> like I was putting myself over because I know this person. Blah blah. blah. Right. Right. Um, you know. So mm. it's it, interesting that you think that. Yeah, and I, and I think actually it's kind of a, a, is it a cultural thing. Maybe you think that the the more damage comes because of if you're if you see yourself as a narcissist and it's like if something good happens, you take credit for it. Mm. You've just said that you think that's more damaging than taking credit for something when it when it goes wrong, and I think that's a bit sad. 
Yeah, because for me, because, because it, I feel like <laughs> you should be able to just go. Oh, I did a good thing. Yeah, and we should be all right with that. But maybe, and maybe that's a, it's quite a British thing as well. I think yeah. that we kind of go. Oh no, I don't want to take credit for anything. That's well, that's tied into the other problem with me, which is my need for approval. Um, yet weirdly when someone compliments me like you did earlier I still don't know quite how to I think you have the same problem Mm, what did I um, I think you're a wonderful man but you you like you you struggle to hear that and believe it and um, yeah so if if people praise me or something like that then I I find it really hard to take but Mm. at the same time I thrive on it um, too much so my what hampers my happiness is my need for approval and my need to avoid any kind of conflict. Mm-hmm. Conflict gives me the greatest anxiety and I try and live in a bubble where there is none. So like where people go on Facebook, I love a good ding dong on Facebook. I love, I love yeah, fighting yeah. with Republicans. I'm like, no, I won't even enter that conversation because mm-hmm. I don't want the battle. Right. Um, if a battle can be good natured, you know, to and fro, it's, it's, a, it's a grown up adult debate. I'm fine with that. Right. But if it's really mudslinging and you're fighting a corner, um, I hate that. And mm-hmm. any kind of unresolved... So like in my job, say I upset a customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened a few months back and um, completely honest mistake and I made a mistake in how I tried to contact them. This guy was fuming. He shouted at me down the phone. Oh, I, oh, I feel bad. I already. want you to do this. I want you to do that. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. So I, then that was like a Friday. That whole weekend, mm-hmm. I stressed. Yeah, I yeah. stressed and I stressed and I stressed. And then when it got to the making contact with him the next week to resolve it, he went, yeah, that's fine. Because he'd had his rant. <laughs> he'd forgotten about it. Yeah, he'd got yeah. on with his weekend. I spent two days feeling anxious because I'd messed up somebody's week. Yeah. Uh, or somebody's morning, actually. <laughs> this is all it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do get that sort of anxiety and that yeah, that I'm, picks away at the happiness. I'm totally with you. Conflict, I, I dislike a lot. I try and avoid it. Sometimes, I was actually told once by a... Uh, guess he called himself a medical professional um that uh he thought that i should um embrace conflict a bit more mm. because uh things that are unresolved can can kind of eat away at you and cause more stress and all of that stuff and yeah he believed that there that that kind of led to physical pain as you know i'm always in physical pain so <laughs> um but he was talking about that now, I don't know whether I buy quite the route that he thought it was going, but it was an interesting thought because he's like, you know, when there's when there's something in my head that I'm like, oh, there's a conflict about that mm. in my head, I tend to go just take myself away from the situation and then yeah. just, like, get over it and then... Or try and forget it about under, it and, a, under the a, carpet. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah, that yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you people all, say you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't bottle it up, it all comes out. I'm not 100% convinced that that's... Sometimes I think there's certain things that don't need the fight. Mm. Um, You've got to pick your battles. Yeah, and I think sometimes you can, you can create a conflict or, or you can address a conflict and it can lead to more damage. Mm. And I think that's not worth it in some situations. See, it ties into one of my current nerdy things I, you know, me, I get into things, and then you I do, do get into I, things. I get very, very into minute, things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the holding on to conflict and unresolved, and like your whole like we think of it very much in terms of thoughts and putting things at the back of your mind. We forget the physiological stuff, mm. and 
there's so much research being done right now on what hormones do to us and um, stress hormones. So like right now, get on the subject, I haven't, I haven't eaten since nine o'clock last night and I'm not going to eat until Friday, okay? So that will work. <laughs> it's Monday. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm not eating until Friday. At all? No. Water fast. You're stressing me out. <laughs> I'm get you a biscuit. Exactly. But if something <laughs> absolutely horrible happens on Wednesday, yeah. my cortisol levels will go through the roof. Right. At that point, my body will probably go into, as the sympathetic nervous system will kick in, you're right. going to fight or flight mode, my stomach will start rumbling uncontrollably until I eat food. Okay? Right. So it's, I can only do this if I manage to keep my stress levels or cortisol levels at a reasonable level because... And you chose to come here. That's a delicate thing. <laughs> right, you're in trouble, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, what? Yeah, it's. I, I'm. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about obesity because I'm obese. I've. Um, I am think, clinically obese. Seventeen percent visceral fat and stuff like that. Um, I, I have lost a lot of weight. You but look. I've hit you, that plateau. I was going to say sort of, you look incredible, and I. Well, I did you, tell you that the other day. You did. You've lost a lot of weight. Uh, you look great. Thank you. But you want to lose some more. Yeah, I do. So yeah, that's why you're not going to eat. This. Look at this. <laughs> um, for the readers, he's just showing me his, his penis. It's massive. I don't know why. That's got nothing to do with what we were saying. Oh, I wish it was massive. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Starving yourself then. That's the... Uh, yeah, um, but actually, the reason I want to do that is um, the last week's not been so good in terms of... You, you get to a point where... Whatever you've done, your body adapts, okay? Your body's like this homeostasis thing. So your body has a set weight. Mm -hmm. So if you just go with the old move more, eat less, mm -hmm. that'll only work to a certain point. Your body pendulum will swing you back to that weight as soon as it can. So if you start eating 500 calories less a day, your metabolic rate will drop because your body's like, whoa, where's the food? Okay, we've got to, we've got to conserve energy now because we're not getting enough food, okay? So... Whereas that does result in weight loss, it's, it tends to be temporary. And if people can't keep with that, then they'll put the weight back on and sometimes more. So if somebody is clinically obese, like I, I mean, I, I basically abuse my body food wise for 30 years of my life. Because sweets, delicious. carbohydrates, yeah. Sugar yum, addict, yum, yum, yum. sugar crisps, all of that. Yeah. Crisps are the worst, unfortunately. Um, and that makes you insulin resistant, it makes you leptin resistant, and your body just can't. It doesn't know when it's full, that's the leptin, and the insulin just releases more and more and more because it's, it's completely dull to it. So right. obesity happens over years. So people say, well, oh, they're like a fat person, why don't they just move more and eat less? Because it won't work. Right. It just won't work. Um, so what you've got to do is get your insulin resistance back down, and that is really hard to do. So a lot of research is being done on fasting protocols right now, and that seems to do it because it lets your insulin drop all the way off and your body basically gets to reset. And you do that sort of cyclically over time. So most days I'll do a 16-8, so I'll fast for 16 hours and I'll have yeah. an eight-hour eating window. I know about that. Window. That, seems, yeah. <coughs> that seems more... Doable? Tangible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Than I'm not eating for a week Yeah, and I'm going to be fine. I would love to see you on Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it'll be tomorrow. What? Tomorrow I will be hangry, difficult, probably have a headache. Day two of a fast is the worst. Because mm -hmm. at that point your body's like, what's going on? And it has to recalibrate. Right. Once you're on day three, you could do 28 days fasted. 
Like this is now okay. This is hypothetical because I haven't done it yet. Right. right? So right, this is okay. my first five day fast. But um, there are people who fasted twenty eight. So there was a guy who fasted three hundred and sixty four days with without detrimental effects. Um, and basically, your body just starts to eat its own fat cells for yeah, energy. Right. And if you've got enough stores, you can keep going for however long. Um, what, what I would say is you've got to build up to that. So I've been intermittent fasting on and off. I've done 48, 36-hour fasts a couple of times and this sort of daily routine. Some days, just because I'm busy, I'll fast 20, 21 hours. Um, but what happens is you get cellular apoptosis, so your dead old crap cells, you pee them out, they go away, flushes it out of the body. If you can get past day three or four, the science is showing that your body starts to generate more stem cells. And the older you get, the less stem cells you create. And obviously stem cells are used to make brand new cells in organs of the body that need it. So uh, it's also really proven to help with abdominal fat stores, which is what I'm struggling with. <laughs> so it's kind of, there's a lot of benefits to doing it. Um, but what I want to experience is that past day three, I feel amazing, I could kick down a house, I can still do all my workouts, I can still do my job, and I don't have to eat anything. Can I subscribe to some text updates? <laughs> From between now and Friday, yes, certainly. I'd yeah. love to know what I, I will give you the down. unfettered. I want to kill somebody right now. Yeah, I want to <laughs> yeah. bring. I want to bring you a biscuit. Um, well, that is. Uh, I mean, I don't claim to know anything about it, so I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, it sounds insane the first time you hear just it. accept it. The other thing is, you have to transition off of a sugar burning fuel source to a fat burning fuel source. Okay, so you've got to. I am. I am what they call fat adapted. So. I only eat about 20 grams of carbs every day. So when I don't eat carbs, my body very quickly switches over to fat as a fuel source. Right. I eat about 70 to 80% fat each day. How do you know? <laughs> you're talking to me like you're a doctor. I know, I know. It's I want to know isn't it? some... How do you Simply know because it switches? Scientific studies and many, oh, right. many doctors espousing this stuff. Okay, um, but how do you know your body switched to... Basically because I'm never hungry anymore. Um, my life as a carb oh, addict was punctuated by eat, don't eat for two hours, go hypoglycemic, go weak at the knees, have to run to my van if I'm working and just stuff crisps in my face, anything to get my blood sugar back up. Mm, yummy. Um, once you shift over to the fat adaption, you, you can easily eat one meal a day that's high in fat and then you forget to eat because the hunger responses come from the brain. You get a little bit of, oh, you should be eating right now. And you think, oh, I'm hungry. And they think, am I? Is my stomach rumbling? Not really. Am I hypoglycemic? Am I in pain? Is this difficult? No. I drink a mouthful of water, I carry on, I forget about it. And my life now is completely different because I don't spend 50% of the day craving the next hungry thing. Right. <laughs> so, sorry, I've just hijacked your podcast. This is not what I intended. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> but, speechless. But it all makes me happy because, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm less miserable because I'm not eating. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Well, you know, you as you as you mentioned before, you have lost a lot of weight in the last year or so, year and a half, is it? Yeah, eighteen months uh, it was. And you discovered what the less educated of us would describe as a cult. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Called it's a, it's DDP like, yoga. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It looks like a cult. Sounds like a cult yeah. or a pyramid scream scheme, but it's not. No, it isn't. <laughs> Says you. Yeah, there's uh, no money in it. Trust me. <laughs> oh, there's no money in it. I'm making nothing. Oh god. Okay. Um, but. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of like it ties in a couple of things. What you said is, um, ever since I've met you, you've definitely been one. I would describe you as a fan. Is that fair? A you fan? you like a thing, yeah, and you're like, I'm in. 
In the wrestling lit. world, they call me a mark, yeah. <laughs> a mark, okay. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's not a, it's not a negative comment. It, it's a, you're like a... I'm all or nothing. I'm a fan of this. So like, if I'm into this thing, I'm going to be a fan of it. So I'm going to, yeah. I'm literally going to get the T-shirt. I'm going to know as much about it as I can. Mm-hmm. I'm all in. And I yeah. like that sort of... That Does that kind of um, level of enthusiasm for what you're into, mm. is that kind of a conscious this is making me happy so I'm going to grab as much of it as I can or do you just feel like that's just your sort of makeup, your um, your mm. genes, your personality, what is it? I think it's a personality thing and mm. I do latch onto it and my father is the same, he was like, this week I'm going to be a fisherman and I'm going <laughs> to buy every piece of fishing equipment that exists in the world. Two weeks later, bought of that, I'm going to sell it all <laughs> for half the money I paid for it. Brilliant. And he did that all his life. Um, my mum used to, mm, you know, yeah. Um, and yeah, I used to have like mad ideas and, you know, one day I'm going to make videos for a living and I've sold my motorbike and bought a computer and learned how to edit and that didn't happen. Um, you know, so um, weirdly now I sort you of am. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind of cyclical. But, but yeah, it, I think it's more when something makes sense to me, mm. I want to know as much about it as I can. Um, this is different to everything else because up until I found this, I am probably one of the most inconsistent people. Um, in terms of something required commitment. So I love, I used to be a fencer. Yeah, you did. I used to be nationally ranked when I was when I was 15. I was like fifth in the country. Yeah. Um, but then I discovered girls and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Consistency for that went away. And none of that stuff mixes that well. <laughs> no, it stops you being quite so dedicated. Girls, alcohol, and then fencing. You've got to get it in the right order. Yeah, basically. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> Um, then my fencing club sort of closed down and there wasn't anything local and I didn't have any money and I didn't have a car. So then what do I do now? Then I discovered taekwondo. That got me into martial I was always into martial arts. I love right. martial arts. I've done most of them wow. <laughs> for at least three weeks uh, yeah, because yeah. I'm massively inconsistent. When something's hard work, I go, oh yeah, this is the best thing. I'm and dude, my dad does. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy the pads. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy the blah, blah, blah. I mean, taekwondo, I stuck out for about three or four years. That's pretty good. I um, did a martial art for a year and a half. Yeah, which one? Uh, Krav Maga. Oh, oh pfft, you did the scary one. Jeez. Yeah, it's real scary. I ain't got the balls to do I that I miss one. it. I really liked it, but uh, it was a weird thing where I'm in a similar way, quite in- inconsistent. And also, I have never got to the point... You know when people go, and you, you, you're probably one of these now, mm. where you go, I found a thing, like a physical exercise thing, that I genuinely see benefit and like, mm. so I'm going to keep doing it. I don't, I don't get that. Right. I think they're all annoying. It's a waste of time. Uh, nothing stops hurting. It only gets worse. Um, and unfortunately, that kind of hit the skids for me because my kitten got ill hmm. and he had to keep having these tests and they were always, the vets did like special cat tests on a Thursday night and that's when I went to Krav Maga. So I had to keep taking oh, the cat yeah. to the vet and then after like four or five weeks because I'm so shy anyway and uh, I was really ner- like I just became really nervous and um, unconfident about going back yeah so I just stopped going that's and what then, happens yeah and I paid for another six months and then I went yeah I'm definitely not going yeah, back yeah. am I so I stopped paying also but if you I start did, with I a group of people and you drop off and like, you miss a few and they don't you come back and they're like a grade above you and that happened yeah. to me so many times guys used to have ingrowing toenail problems which was a nightmare when I was a teenager oh, yeah, yeah. yeah try kicking someone with an ingrowing toenail that's Holy pain shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um 
Yeah, so I would just like something would happen physically normally to stop me doing a martial art for years, and then I just wouldn't go back. I mean, yeah, and even yeah, only going back sort of seven years, I started Wing Chun, and I think that's one of my favourites. I loved it, and um, I got my first grade. I was chucking people on the floor, and I was starting to lose a bit of weight, and yeah, then shoulder arm problems because of my job, which is yeah. Yeah, it all ties into why I found this system because mm. I basically got to the point where I couldn't do any of the stuff I loved anymore because everything hurt. But also, I accept that when stuff started to hurt, it was also the perfect excuse to be lazy and go, oh, I'm just going to eat chips instead. Yep. Um, so, you know, w- with all of that, I got to the point two years ago where I hit 20 stone. Um, I've got repetitive strain injury in my hands, my forearms, my shoulders are deformed. And this is from doing the same job for 20 years, my arms above my head, 24 years, sorry, with my arms above my head. And it started to really hurt. And then there's a family trait, which it seems my sisters have all got it, and my mum as well. We've all got arthritis in the joint of our big toes. Oh, my. Well, try running. Just that single joint. Yeah, it seems to be that, the big ball joint there, in in that joint. Um, And because I drive, you know, I used to drive like 40,000 miles a year for most of those 20 odd years. Um, the clutch foot especially, my left foot, is the toe yeah. pushes down all the time. So that's much worse than yeah, the other yeah. one. Um, so that means I can't run. Fencing hurts. Martial arts hurts. Um, can't lift weights because the shoulders hurt, the forearms hurt. I haven't got the grip in the hands. Um, basically anything I wanted to do that was physical. And obviously then I was buying into the hypothesis of eat less, move more is going to yeah. be your answer. Yeah. You know, exercise helps, but all exercise is going to do is build muscle. Which, you know, then is going to use your energy better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's good. But it's not going to make you lose weight alone. You know, this is why they say it's 80-20 diet to exercise. Um, so basically I saw this video on... No, I actually heard on a friend's podcast. Everything comes back to podcasting. Yeah, yeah. I've had somebody sitting in this room because is. of podcasting. I wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for podcasting. No, I guess because you knew Nick through that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forget. <laughs> I feel like you've just always been a part of me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Podcasts, man. I wish. Yeah. <sighs> Please do listen. <laughs> Stressful. I've been saying that for ten years. Um, yeah. so... Somebody, please listen. <laughs> oh, God. oh God, sorry. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. So some friends of mine in New Jersey did a podcast. They went to a comic con. They go, "Oh, we got this this film. Pizza Man was coming out, and Diamond yeah. Dallas Page was playing the bad guy. So we got Diamond Dallas Page coming on the show. So." I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember him from the Hulk Hogan wrestling. I was never into wrestling yeah. at all. Couldn't care less about wrestling. And it's the one martial art you didn't get involved <laughs> yeah. in. Well, I, you know, I keep having to have this conversation with, <laughs> with all my fellow cult members. And um, they're, they're, all, they're all massive wrestling marks. And they're all like, I need, like we don't use that expression because of wrestling. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I just didn't get it because martial arts is like you kick someone in the face because you saw an opening and you win. It's like you don't yeah, plan yeah. to kick someone in the face and they let you. That that didn't make sense to me. No. It, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, I'd love, I don't really know enough about it, but I just know that it's sort of, it's not real, but you have to be sort of an athlete even yeah. there. And Yeah. It's, I don't well, know. Dallas says you can't fake gravity. Right, so, okay. it, yeah, it ain't an easy thing to do. It is an art form. It's performance. Um, right. It's not every move is not tightly scripted and things happen organically in the ring and they talk to each other while they're doing it. And, it, you know, it's 
it, it is a real art form and I've come to learn a lot of that just right. because I've had to because the people I'm surrounded yeah, by now yeah. and I actually a few weeks ago I was in Atlanta and I went to my first ever live wrestling show oh, and I wow. actually enjoyed the hell out of it yeah, yeah, yeah. but mainly because the guy next to us was the best troll in the room <laughs> was, this thing was set up in a church a really big super church oh in God. America and um, they had a prayer wall at the side and um, right at the end, I had this bit where this lady came out, argued with the wrestler, and he sort of head dropped her on her head in the ring. They ripped all the matting off the ring, so it was just bare wooden boards, and then did this pile driver thing. Yeah, and then yeah. the paramedics came out, and they put her on a stretcher, and it was all very dramatic. And this guy next to me just goes, take her to the prayer wall! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Genius. Yeah. <coughs> God, I rabbit hole. Yeah, anyway. So going all the way back, Dallas is on this podcast, and... All he was talking about was this weird yoga for guys thing that he'd mm. come up with. And he was like, off mic. I'm like, get on the mic. It's a podcast. You know, yeah, us yeah. being audio snobs. Yeah, yeah. And he's going, yeah, I couldn't get my leg. And he's obviously doing like moves and handstands and all this stuff. <laughs> right. Oh, while he's recording. Yeah. Okay. And like my, my mates who do this podcast, they are, they are master piss takers. It's like, that's what they do. And um, he's obviously deadly earnest about all of this. <laughs> and he says, look at my arms now, bro. Look, it's like steel. And my mate goes, mm, steel, I don't know. <laughs> 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 like now I know Dallas I'm like oh god I know what his face was just then right yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah. believe he said that um, and I thought actually after listening to him that, that could work for me because right. you know I've got nothing against yoga but it always seems very serene and very slow moving and it's just really not me um, so I thought oh, I'll look into that and then did nothing a year right. and a half two years goes by because this was back oh, in well, 2013 okay. I think yeah and then uh, the Arthur Borman video went viral which is most people have seen it but they don't know it's DDPY, mainly because they didn't brand it, which was quite a clever thing to do because they wanted to tell the story first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And he was a, uh, a war vet who basically was a paratrooper, did too many drops, knackered his knees on his back, lived every day in knee braces and a back brace, two canes to walk anywhere, um, had given up pretty much. And just as a last ditch effort, bought these DVDs, this yoga for real guys thing that he was peddling right. at the time. Um, back then, Dallas was selling two a week, three a week. So he used to phone people. Hey, it's Diamond Dallas Page. You bought my program. They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's like, no, really, it's me. <laughs> oh, wow. He was like, you know, how are you yeah. getting on with it, whatever. And he started talking to Arthur, and he's like, oh my God, how am I going to help this guy? <laughs> yeah. um, but he said, you know, you need to do the diet plan because it was quite overweight, and it comes with a nutrition guide. You know, the really strict one, you know, gluten free, dairy free. Yeah, I, I'm out. <laughs> I didn't go there. I couldn't do it either. It's like, nope, <laughs> nope, not for me. Yeah. Good luck anyone who can do it. But if you're, I suppose, if you're really obese, you're about to die, then you will. You're at that point. Yeah that, yeah, that diet's for yeah. those people. Um, so he hit it, started to lose the weight, and yeah, by the end of, eight, I think it was six months, lost like 80 pounds or something like that. Um, there's another guy currently, Snoop Dogg retweeted him last week. <laughs> no, this week. <laughs> it's like, this is the guy, I, I saw this, right? Yeah, you Van Tynes, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, 198 pounds in one year he lost. I mean, is that... It go, that seems to go against what a lot of nutrition-based science is up until this point, right? Yeah. That that's too much, too quick. Yeah, they say it's not safe. And it's not yeah. safe and it's not sustainable, right? Yeah, but... Fight me. <laughs> yeah, but that's based on the eat less, move more hypothesis. Right, um, which you're not, which we're not into. No, and I mean... All Vance did really was, he, there are three phases to the diet. I think he did phase one, which is basically cut out sugar, cut out junk food. Um, that naturally reduces your carbohydrate intake. And unfortunately, the key to all of this is get off carbs. And I really like swear words to me. sugar and junk food. So I really I. like it. It makes me happy. Mm -hmm. You know when people go, oh, now I just eat healthy food. Doesn't it? Don't you feel better? 
Not really. I had such a healthy dinner last night. It was tasty, mm. sure. Did I feel happy about it? No. <laughs> no, exactly. Felt unhappy about it. Well, I went it. to a wedding two weeks ago that you saw the picture from, and like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I fasted for a day and a half before I went, and a day after I got back, and I still put on four pounds, because I ate all the food. I mean, all the fucking right. food. There was a pick and mix at the buffet. A pick and mix. That's not fair. No. That's all going in my face. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, there's little pink and blue cola oh. bottle things. I can't tell you how many of those I ate. Oh, those are good. Yeah, I think yeah, I emptied the thing in my face. Blue flavor. The problem is, is when you're low carb, and then you eat a load of carbs, um, you get the worst hangovers. It's worse than an alcohol hangover. Oh, and it, it's in the base of the skull right here for me. And it's it's awful. It's enough to put you off eating them, I can tell you. <laughs> <clears throat> um, right. Sorry, we segued off again. No, no, no. I think it's good because, all, like you said before, this all does kind of tie in with cortisol and there's like real genuine scientific reasons why this mm. stuff affects happiness. Yeah. But now that you're deep in this program, you've lost a bunch of weight, the pain's gone down? Um, I'm about... My, my general day-to-day pain levels are down about 70%. Right. So it's not gone because the shoulder joint is still very damaged. There are, I've got micro tears and tendons. I've got uh, swollen bursas. I've got the, the, the shoulders are really complicated joint. And yeah. um, unfortunately, any, pretty much any exercise you do, you're going to use your shoulder joints at some point. So I have to do it day to day. We do a fair amount of push-ups, but actually push-ups are supposed to be one of the best things for this condition. Right. Um, but as soon as I go to work and I put my arms above my head and I do the thing I've been doing for 20 years, which I can't get away from, unfortunately. I do a lot less of it, but yeah. um, it just fires everything back up again. But hmm. toe pain, um, <clears throat> the, a lot of the, because they're based on yoga positions, this workout, there's a lot of lunging moves, so you're on the balls of your feet at the back. When I first started it, I had to have a flat foot at the back. I couldn't put any weight on my toes. Right. Um, now I can do every move in the program. I can support my body weight on my toes. And with sometimes it hurts, but... With this, la- with this pain coming down, do you feel like, do you feel there's a conscious change in your kind of day-to-day mood? Then? Oh, definitely. You yeah. do? Because I'm like a bear with a sore head when I'm in pain. I'm just right. like, get away from me, don't talk to me. Do you think I want to go and lie down. Do you think the pain was making you unhappy or do you think it was making you just angry? Because I think there is, a, there is something different and one doesn't necessarily follow the other. The reason mm. I ask partly is because... You may remember the episode of Amy Quallack, who mm. we, we spoke, we kind of shared a thing of like, oh, we're both always in pain, but I don't necessarily, it doesn't really, for me, the pain doesn't affect what I would define as happiness. I think happiness mm. for me is like a more overarching thing of kind of like where I am in life. Yeah. And, it, and it takes so much into it that the pain's kind of like, it's a bit of a distraction, but it's not necessarily detrimental to the happiness thing. Mm. It might make me really angry or like, <laughs> like, I'm furious. Like, yeah, there's certain things where I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm angry, I'm irritable, I don't want to mm. talk to you about it. But like, in those moments, I wouldn't sit there and go, I am unhappy fundamentally. Yeah, but like- do you think you were with the pain? I think if you're driving and someone cuts you up, you're, like, you're fucking pissed off in that moment. But mm. that day, I'm not unhappy. So it's yeah. like, I think you've got broader terms and shorter time periods. So, mm. you know, I get that. And uh, you touched on it on previous shows. I can't remember who with. I think it came up a few times, actually. And Because I remember, like, show two or three, I was like, I've got it! I know, I know the thing about happiness now. I want to tell him. Um, <laughs> go, tell me now. And, was, and, and then someone said it like, on the next show. I was like, okay, it's fine. Um, <laughs> narcissist, see? Uh, <laughs> 
fuck. But, no, it's, it's, it's the separation between like happiness and contentment. And I think right. contentment is so key to saying, being able to say, are oh, you happy? Mm-hmm. So I'm more content in my life now than I've been for many, many years. And that's, you think that's really to do with less pain? Um, it's part of it, right. but most of that contentment is circumstance. So okay. if you're happy in your circumstance, like your job, you don't want to kill everyone every time you go to work. Mm-hmm. You don't hate your <laughs> wife, you don't hate your house, you don't hate going home. You know, so if, if you can tick a few of those boxes, then your natural daily levels of contentment are higher. We all yeah, have shit right. days, yeah, but yeah. when you look at it all, you know, Nick was, I was, now, I was earlier and I was just like, oh, well, there's a few shitty things going on at the moment and I'm, I'm actually in a fairly low place myself at the moment oh. because of external factors. Yeah. But if I look at it broader, it's like, well, but I'm content. Right. I'm just not particularly happy right now. Does okay. that make any sense? Yeah, yeah no, it does, <clears throat> yeah. Um, t- uh, do you mind telling me why you feel low at the moment? Hopefully we can um, get you back up. <clears throat> Well, weirdly, I think it's because I we had a quite a big high in in March. We were inv- invited to Atlanta to the yeah. Transformation Summit for DDP Yoga, which was you're surrounded by impossibly positive people for five days, <laughs> and you build up to it, and it's exciting, and you go there, and it's wow, you know. And then you come home, and it's like can't get people to come to my classes. It's getting a bit. Right. I teach this as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and trying to build up a fitness system that no one's ever heard of, and is really hard to identify, yeah. is like running uphill with. A chain around your neck um mm. so that started getting me down then as i put a bit more weight on and then uh, i've got some friends who've been through just absolute hell in the last few years like the worst things like basically lost two babies oh my god yeah, yeah. um and you know one of them had open heart surgery at seven days old and then died and Holy shit. Uh, honestly oh my god, yeah. it, it, it crushed me to be yeah, honest and yeah. um while she was pregnant with this baby she also had breast cancer and was having chemotherapy and they say it's okay because the chemotherapy doesn't affect the placenta protects the baby. Oh, right. <clears throat> um, but they just found out a few weeks ago that she has a secondary from the breast cancer in her liver and oh, has been given three to six months to live. So wow. okay. my friend... Heavy. Potentially, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, I mean, we're, we're being as positive about the therapies and stuff that she's going through and yeah. we're, not, we're not giving up in terms of... Yeah, believing yeah. for a miracle basically but mm. uh, you know that's what it'll be it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really going to have to work um, and then I found out sorry, that's a nervous thing I'm not laughing that's just what I did yeah, um, <clears throat> I found out last week that someone one of my biker mates from when I lived up north uh, his stepdaughter was murdered at the end of April Whoa. and I'm going up to her wake on Friday so it, it, it's just just dark things in yeah, the world yeah. and just it's all sort of compounding at a really awkward time and it's yeah but i'm still content and i've still got a good life um it's, i think it's just bad shit happening to people close to me clearly yeah. has quite an effect and do you feel like you take uh, a lot of stuff that happens to people you care about on top of you do you feel like you that yeah. piles on and becomes your i that's the narcissism i put myself in the center of it yeah and again right. it, even <laughs> saying that makes it sound like something selfish though but i don't think it it doesn't seem like it is that. It's, it, I would call it empathy, really. That's, it's basically yeah, that. It's, mm. it, you clearly feel very strongly for other people. Mm. Um, that can only be a good thing, even though it probably causes you a lot more pain than it should, <laughs> maybe, than yeah. it should do, maybe. I don't know, you know. But that's, that's probably my uh, strongly oh. religious upbringing. I think that ties into You that did one. have a strongly religious upbringing. Now, you've touched on this many... <laughs> Moons ago, very <laughs> yeah. vaguely with me. Mm. Um, you're not religious 
now. Are you? Oh no, 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 no. The day, you're... the day my friend's your little baby really? died killed the last vestiges of any faith I had left. It just right. died like a spark, like poof, in that moment. Um, Good. And I came to the conclusion of if he's up there, I really don't think he gives a fuck. I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone. It's just my personal opinion. You carry on, on, on mate. Offend and this away. is this is coming from somebody who was an evangelical Christian for 35 years of his life. So when you say stuff like that, I go, "How old is Boz?" Because I <laughs> said <laughs> um, 35. Uh, my math might be off. But you look no, I, um, young. I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was seven years old. I repented of my sins, you know, all those sins you have yeah. when you're seven. All of and, that um, shit. Yeah, bad, it, man. I grew up in it, so I didn't know any other way. So yeah. my brain pathways were formed to believe there was a God and there was mm. a creation and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, yeah, I spent most of my life feeling a bit guilty because my propensity was to swear, watch horror films, listen to heavy metal, <laughs> dress in black, look scary, yeah. do martial arts, you know, love violent action movies. Um, so I was always this quasi-person. And the same about not using my real name. <clears throat> when I had, I went through various relationships and then when I met my first wife, I was on a rebound, a bad breakup, really hurt. Mm. And I went straight back to my Christian roots. I went, oh, I want a good Christian girl. Right. So I met this girl and we got married far too fast. Mm -hmm. And she spent the next nine years trying to change me into the person she thought I should be. Mm -hmm. So I ended up, I basically, I would get a horror film and I would throw away the cover and I would hide the DVD like somebody would hide porn. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I had a horror film, you know, shit like that. And then when I started podcasting, <clears throat> I, I used Boz mm. as my podcast name because sort of, I didn't want it to be out there, my no, real yeah. name. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I realized that my persona on a podcast was the real me. It was the ah. only time in my week that I could go to... My friend accepted me for who I was and I just... I swore I talked about horror films or whatever because I knew she was never going to listen to it because she didn't wow. care. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was where I hid away. And then by the time I got out of that situation, it was like, you know, my real name and Boz had become two separate yeah. personas, personas almost. And I got to the point where I preferred to be called Boz. Well, I, it's funny <laughs> it's because really I, I was introduced to you as Boz. Mm. I don't think I knew your name until your real name appeared on Facebook probably. probably. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that can't be his name. It's like, to me, I'm like, no, you're Boz. There is no <laughs> other name to me. So, but, and then I changed it on Facebook I, and I did it with a big post saying, look, I know it's weird that my name says this because it's basically yeah, an yeah. abbreviation of my surname and then my surname. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's there's a whole thing behind this. And right. my, my now wife is actually the first girl I ever fell in love with. And she said, I only ever knew you as Boz. So it's the most natural thing in the world. She's always called me Boz. Right. And so, so Boz is the guy, He Boz is you. Is that the guy just under that layer? <laughs> we spoke about you have the layer when you meet people, you're happy and, and all of that. Hmm. So is Boz that guy on the front layer or is, the, or is he the one, just one He's layer both. down? Yeah. He's both, right, yeah. okay. And uh, your current wife, who is a wonderful human being, mm. really lovely person, um, do you feel like podcast Boz is who you now are, you know, throughout your life? I just feel like I'm, I'm allowed to be who I am again. Right. And, and that's who I am. I, so that's if, amazing. If, if I do a show, yeah, I might up the silly, but it's... Yeah, yeah. It's me. Like I know people who edit out the ums and the ers and the bits that get wrong. And like, you've listened to my podcast. It's like, I like a good quality of podcast, but I'm like, I'm not going to pretend that I don't sometimes not know what I'm going to say next and stick oh, yeah. in a pause. <laughs> That's a good point. You, um, 
you're the most prolific podcaster that I think there's ever been a guest on this one. So you're much not in recent years, but yeah. But you're much more of a pro (laughs) than I am, for example. But my my feeling of podcasts, and maybe it's just because it's the stuff I like to listen to, is that editing to me should be kept to a minimum if it's this kind of format, if it's kind of loose chat show stuff, Mm. because there are there is a huge amount of chat out there on like radio traditional formats and stuff Mm. that is highly curated highly edited and perfectly Mm. cut down to the 28 minutes or whatever it has to be my feeling with a podcast that is looser is that that's kind of what the audience wants Mm. is to be a part of the unediting and for me when i listen to even a long form podcast where i where you can spot an edit it takes me out of it a little bit. Not mm. that it's bad. I just go, oh, I know they obviously had to edit something for a reason. Yeah. But I kind of go, oh, I feel, I feel just Jarring. ever so slightly duped there. Yeah. <laughs> what did I miss? Yeah. Like, wh- <laughs> what did they say? Because there's lots of stuff where they've gone off mic and and just like said nothing for 30 seconds that mm. they've kept in. So, what did they say that I missed out on? <laughs> um, so, certainly with this, like, I very rarely edit anything mm. unless I say something horrible about someone. <laughs> I don't mean to, it just slips out. We all do that. I'm a little bitch. Um, Or someone says their real name and then they decide they don't want to be known. (laughs) Which you haven't done, which is great. Um, So, yeah, I don't even know where that came from. Oh, yeah, um, this this idea of, like, you finding who you really, really are after quite a long time, Mm. in a way that makes... It's kind of a bit melancholy... But yeah. with a, it's like that thing of like, that's a lot of life to not have in yeah. a way. Not that I want Trying to bring to fit you a mold, down, basically. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to bring you down. Mm. Your feeling. I want you to feel good and buoyant and like you're starving in a good way. Um, <laughs> but that kind of makes me feel like, oh, that's a real shame that you didn't feel like you could be who you are mm. for such a lot of your life. Um, I suppose I, I, I hid it hid it in social circles. So like you right. know, like my my closest friends knew exactly. You know, they got me warts and all, and I, mm-hmm. I, that was okay. But then, you know, then I'd go to this other place and I'd be someone else. So there there were versions of me. You know, I so. guess we all do that to some extent. Yeah, I suppose. I guess if if the the version of you that you have to be more often than not is one that you fundamentally don't really like, <laughs> that's probably when it gets bad. So I think we're all versions of ourselves with different people. Like. Mm. The, the two people I work with every day, I'm probably a slightly different version of me with one than, than the other, and that's not conscious. Mm. It's just everyone gets like... I guess, I guess if you look at a personality as a pie chart, and it's like you put a bit more of this part of the pie to certain people than you would the others. Mm. Um, but it... So Perhaps probably no one that, necessarily right? gets the whole thing. Because mm. even you probably don't even give yourself the whole thing all the time mm. um but i guess what's alarming is it a lot it's not even alarming well i guess what feels a bit like oh that's a shame is that the big part of the pie that you were sort of giving to the people closest to you was not true to yourself is that fair do you think or yeah in a lot of cases i i think and it was also there was no one trying to make me uh, uh, until I got married. No. <laughs> the right, yeah. no, no one up to that point was trying to make me something I wasn't. It was my own. It was what I was brought up to believe, mm-hmm. and it was me putting all that on myself. Right. 
and you know we all know guilt comes with religion quite a lot yeah yeah so you're trying to construct yourself you're trying to be a better person all the time you know you're always told to be christ-like and all that kind of stuff yeah it's just like yeah that's that's a hard tough act to follow well we've had uh someone who's kind of 180 degrees on that on Mm. this podcast who said something that really kind of like blew me away a little bit because he said if you go back and listen it's josh Bryan. and mm. you know he said it's a good that he every day fails to live up to this unattainable personality trait of being christ-like mm. and i thought that seems sad to live every day going i failed again but when you're in that <laughs> when you're in that mindset though that's what spurs you forward so I, but, I but you know you can't win it. So what is that? Well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's the it's the greyhound with the cat. Like if they ever caught the bone. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly it. And it's, but it's not but a we're negative not when you're in that situation. Funny is, I listened to that show and I was like, yeah, that's that's me from a few years ago, and I identified with everything he said. And yeah. like, this is why my friends don't try and convince me to come back into the fold. You know, right. I'm a, I'm a backslider. I've moved away because I had 35 years of going to church and listening to people preach i know every single argument that anyone's going to bring mm. to try and convince me that I've, I've made a mistake here and they just don't bother anymore <laughs> no. because you know i know the thing about suffering i know the thing about you know god being what he is and so on and you know it's like i've yet to hear a fresh take on it in all those years mm-hmm. um and, I, and, I, and it's sort of <laughs> i have this sort of harsh i have one argument that it's like my my crux point and i'll just throw that at someone mm-hmm. um and no one can answer it. Go on, hit me. No, up. I can't because you've got if you've got if you've got listeners who believe, and then it might damage their faith. I don't want to do that. Um, I'd, I'd probably tell you off, Mike. <laughs> I, I'm not going to force you to do it. My my take on that is that I think there's all too much of people going, "Come on, it's people's faith. You can't attack people's faith." But you're not attacking it. You're valid, like you're giving a completely valid argument the other way. Um, I'm not going to make you do it. Okay. That's fine. You can tell me <laughs> off mic. But the point is, I'm all for why shouldn't it be challenged? There's this weird thing. It's like, oh, no, it's faith. You can't challenge it. You can't challenge it. Mm. It's like, why not? If you, if it's faith, yeah. give it to me. Well, my friend, it was actually a friend, a very close friend of mine who threw this at me. So it's not my idea. Okay, fine. And it's his, don't even have to own it, it. But it, his made so much sense. Yeah. But at the time he told me, I was so in my faith mm. that it bounced off me like water off a dog's back. And so mm-hmm. it didn't do anything. So I suppose if somebody believes that much, but then years later, when I started to doubt things, that's what came crashing into my brain. And I thought, there's no answer to that. You're not going to say it, are you? Shall I go for it? Wait, I you choose to edit that. Okay. So the, the, the thing is, like Christians tell you, suffering, human suffering, whatever. Like, so God, we can't understand God. He's too big for us. He's outside of time. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. So he knows the beginning, I am, I am the Alpha and the Omega, I am the beginning and the end. I know everything that's going to happen throughout history. Mm. He created this planet and the human race to worship him. Bit narcissistic, maybe. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> Sounds like you. So that's, that's <laughs> point one. Um, but we can't understand his reasons for doing that. So, you right. know, our thing is to be on Earth and worship him. Uh, boil that down to, he knew at the point he created us that you were going to live in constant pain, that my friend's babies were going to die that his Mm -hmm. wife is going to get secondary cancer of the liver. And he and people are going to be raped, murdered, killed in horrific ways. If you look at the Mongols and what they did, you know, you can look at any point in history. You can look at his book. It's full of it. Mm -hmm. So he designed everything knowing that all these sadistic, horrible atrocities were going to happen 
and did it anyway. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with a being like that. I don't care what his reasons are. There is nothing. And it, Stephen Fry made the same argument, actually, after my friend had made it to me. Right. That famous clip that he did, it's the same thing. And he says, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? When I watched him say that, it sent a shiver down my spine and I wanted to run over and give that man a hug. Yeah. Um, but I say it was a long time after I heard that before mm. I sort of got to that point myself. And people say, well, you know, what is it? Why did you let go of your faith? And actually, it was my nine-year marriage, and it wasn't the fact that it broke up. It wasn't the fact that my wife was a bit controlling and trying to make me something I wasn't. She was so dedicated to her faith, and she went to church every Sunday and listened to what people said about all these promises in the Bible. You can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And what I watched is I watched God ignore her for nine years. She <laughs> never got the relationship she wanted, yeah. despite prayer, counseling, reading books, going to seminars. She did everything she could mm. to attain what she thought she was promised. And she was ignored. Yeah. And that's what actually broke me, broke right. the bonds for me. And then everything started, yeah. I started to think outside the box from that point on. And that's where I, where I am. Um, yeah, well, I don't think at all, that wasn't offensive at all. Um, and also, offence is an interesting thing. Well, you can decide to be offended or you mm. can just not be. You can, you, if you're really damn sure that Boz is wrong about that, and I am, because I completely 100% agree with what you've said, mm. uh, then, you know, that's you. Been given the evidence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do with it as you will. Yeah, I mean, faith is faith, and it's, a, it's an absolute unconditional belief in something you cannot prove. Yeah. So um, I can't prove it the other way either. Yeah? So? <laughs> mm, no, I mean, you can, you can provide a lot more evidence for the other way, though. I think that's, yeah. that's the, the tricky thing, is that you're talking about a belief either in fairy stories or science, and science has a lot more of its own. There's more tangible stuff on the science like there's side. Loads, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, but then that's my own bias talking as well. So, you know, whatever. See, I'm putting my faith in all these doctors talking about fasting, and I might. Exactly. Know, and yeah, and yeah. that I'm not going to be dead by Friday. So. Well, we'll see. If you, if you stop texting me about Thursday morning, I'll know. I might do that just to worry you. <laughs> I'll be around there. Um, yeah, so, right. I had a thought and uh, it's gone. So now that you're a godless heathen... Yeah. Sorry. Now that you're a godless heathen, you're a happier guy. Am I right or am I right? Yeah, it's weird. Right? But you, you, there's, there's a certain comfort that comes with it as well. Um, and that I kind of miss. So a few years ago, I lost my stepfather to cancer. Mm. And I was there with my family, who were all, at that point, still had their faith. Um, and were pretty upset. But, you know, like his funeral and stuff, well, we know he's, he's in heaven with his father and he's in, not in pain anymore. I mean, yeah, he's not in pain anymore. Great. Mm. Um, but it actually rocked me to my core when that happened. Because wow. for the first time in my life, I wasn't absolutely sure that when I die, my soul is eternal and it's going up to be with God in heaven. Now I don't know what's going to happen. Does right. it just switch off? Do I become a ball of energy? Do I get reincarnated? So there's this, it's not a fear of death, but it's an uncertainty that I just never had in my life. And for a couple of weeks, I was really shaken by it. Yeah, so it must be, if you, especially if you've, since you can remember, it's, that's yeah. been the truth. Yeah, and the now, absolute truth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now you can't bring yourself to quite accept that that's the truth because you've seen time and time again that it can't be. Mm. 
That's uh, that's rough going. Yeah, <laughs> you think I'd be going. more miserable? <laughs> no. Yeah, but in a way, it's 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 an enlightenment. Um, hmm. It's an atheist enlightenment to to me to kind of go. And actually, I think um, you can probably find a lot of happiness in going. This is what we have: is this lifetime hmm. and everything that's around us. And I think if you're if you're someone who has faith like that, people often say, well, how, how can that be enough for you? Yeah. Whereas for me, I've always been like, how is it not enough? Yeah. Look, look at everything. Like, there's so much stuff we can do. We can like choose to stand up right now and do something completely different or mm. we can choose to travel or we could, if we really, really put our minds that we could choose to go to a different planet or yeah. like, there's, there's, there's so much more in this life and I think the idea of going, well, we're just going to suffer this one because mm. then we've got an eternity of not suffering, maybe. Well, of course, that. the whole... Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it sort of forces you to make it count, but then when you're raised that way, you're raised to make it count anyway because there's that whole bit about the what you do with your life will be tested by fire before you go into heaven. So all of your works will be put there, and if it's wheat and chaff, it'll just go up in flames and mm. you'll walk through nothing. Right. But if it's gold and jewels, you've done amazing things for people, then you know it's, it's worth more in heaven kind of a thing. So that, that's their principle. But yeah. when you boil it down to, well, all I've got is this, and it's like, well, surely maybe I should be making a difference. And maybe that's part of subconsciously, because this hasn't been a conscious thought of mine. But mm. the reason I became a DDPY instructor, going back to that, mm -hmm. was because I want to help people who were in my situation. So people who were given up, thought there was nothing for them, thought they couldn't exercise, and thought they were just doomed to wherever they were. <laughs> so the, the motivation to teach was purely that. Mm. Um, I mean, yes, you could potentially make a bit of extra money, but no one does really in fitness, oh, okay. you know, <laughs> yeah, unless yeah. I become a PT and it's like, yeah, it's a surreal thing to look. If you look in the mirror and see me from seven years ago and like one day you're going to be a fitness instructor, I'd have laughed you out the room. I'm like, <laughs> not me ever. Like my friends yeah. would have all laughed you out the room. The fact, fact that I'm qualified and it's not an easy qualification either. It took... No, yeah, it takes anywhere yeah. from nine to 12 months to get yeah. this qualification. It's, it's, they, you. they put you through a high standard. Um, but it, it was just that, yeah, it's... I, I spent my whole life... Fit, uh, sorry, you have to edit this out. That's fine. <laughs> I spent my whole life trying to serve the needs of people with money, lots of money. Yeah, <laughs> That's my okay. job. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and it's... There's a job satisfaction to it. People are happy with what you do, but you're not making anyone's life better, really. Hmm. You know, it, you're not... I don't know, it's not, you're not doing anything for the human race. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone has to, but because I was raised that way, to look after the poor, the needy, mm -hmm. the, you know, that's drilled into you from an early age, then maybe I just felt that that was always missing. Yeah. Um, You've got to find some way of, of doing that. Well, sort of to give it back, pay it back. I don't pay it forward, whatever yeah, you want to yeah. call it. Um, <clears throat> and then in terms of the narcissism thing this is something I did want to bring up this is yeah, my yeah. notes actually yeah. is that is anything truly selfless and my desire to help other people is ultimately narcissistic because it makes me feel good that I've yeah. helped someone else so is there any is there such a thing as a selfless act <laughs> I would say probably not mm. because unless you're so your your wiring is so bad that when you do kind things for other people, you genuinely feel worse. 
Yeah. But I haven't met anyone that does, right? Because, like, I absolutely, I spoke about it on a different, another episode, being kind and doing, like, a good deed for someone and, or, like, saying a nice thing to someone without needing to, or even just little things like that. Um, whenever you do it, I think it makes you feel really good. And, you know, we talked about hormone changes and, like, mm. I think you get a rush of love hormones and yeah. all this good stuff goes on and you go, oh, I feel really good about that. And it's and it's like a ten times stronger feeling than swearing at someone in traffic. Yes. Yeah. Like that never really feels good. No. Not really. Like, it's a release, but that's it. There's a, Yeah, there's like a stress release, but mm. you don't, but you still feel kind of pissed off that you had to do it yeah. or that it happened. Mm. And then you go and complain to someone about it. Oh, it's me well, that's the thing that stresses me out most is injustice. So if it's an yes, unjust yeah, 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 thing, too, yeah. I'm like, oh, if I could put a cape on tomorrow and go and like sort those people out. And actually, I ride a motorcycle and on the roads, I'm a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I am a nightmare. Yeah. So if there's a BMW on the M1 and he's <laughs> scything traffic and dangerously cutting people up, yeah. I make sure that the next spot he tries to get into, there's a bike in the way. Yeah. <laughs> I did that to one guy once <laughs> and, and he ended yours. up driving down the hard shoulder. Oh so I hope he got a ticket because yeah, there were cameras yeah. on the motorway. But that's not my job. That's the police's job. But it was just like my sense of injustice is like you're gonna pay for this. I'm like back off. And yeah, like yeah. my my now wife is fantastic in getting me to rein that back in. Yeah, and she's like breathe. <laughs> because <laughs> if you <laughs> if you kind of I bet if you could just get into a habit where you did something nice for the guy that fucked you off, you'd probably feel weirdly better about it. Probably. But I think in answer to the question, my feeling is no. I can't think of anything that's truly selfless. Do you know what? Maybe there is. Maybe if you, if there was some way that, like, if you lost a leg and I could donate my leg to you, mm. I'm not sure I'd ever feel, you, even then, you'd probably feel, like, really, you know, proud of yeah, the sacrifice. I, I, there's, there's no way around that. But you would like, feel bad for the rest of your life. You would feel worse because you would have lost a leg. Like, yeah. yeah. It'd have to be really <laughs> extreme like that, though. Mm. Is, but, but I don't think there's... I don't think that makes doing nice things with people intrinsically not a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, or invalid. Because yeah. I think it's yeah. just just accept that it makes you feel good, but it also makes those people feel good. Mm. So if everyone's feeling good, then yeah. it can't be a bad thing, right? It's I, guess, I guess the thing better. is able to say, oh, yeah, I did this because I want to help people. It makes, it makes you sound like some kind of fucking saint, and it's like, I'm really not. Um, so yeah, yeah. You know, I guess it's like the, the, no, the you, pulling that back a little bit. And I the, guess what's intrinsic, you don't have to say it. I want to help people because makes me feel better to help people and that can come from your upbringing that could come from just your personality the way it is mm. that can come from you don't feel like your job gives you that sense of fulfillment so that's fine so yeah, yeah it's all self selfish but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it because you're doing you are helping people mm. so and it all ties back to content <laughs> so what makes me content <laughs> is fulfilling the things i was raised to be and to do i suppose exactly that, so There's nothing. So that's all good. Um, horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> they make you feel horrible sometimes. <laughs> now we we've um, we sort of bonded early on when we met over making you know one, yeah. just loving horror movies, which is uh, is a weird thing. <laughs> some people think because they're like, why would you want to sit and watch something that makes you feel disgusted and mm. upset and angry and frightened? <laughs> um, but they're great, aren't they? <laughs> That's a question I have been trying for... How long have I been doing the horror podcast? What, seven, eight years? 
we've been trying to answer that question. It's it still going, isn't it? it it's it's on hiatus because yeah. we're between networks, but it is coming back. So it's just we 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 need yeah. a new home. Basically, it will be around. <laughs> yeah. Little Pod yeah. of Horrors. Yeah, it's a great podcast. I haven't listened. You can for find a while it on SoundCloud, that. but it isn't affiliated to a network. It's not moment, around. So it's okay. not. I don't think you can get it on iTunes. You'd have to get a SoundCloud at the moment. But the back catalogue is there. I think it's there. Yeah, it's a it's a great podcast. I was on. You've one been once. on two I twice. Here. I think. Did you two? I think we did two. And wow. Stuart as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stu was on there. Um, <laughs> it's a great podcast. It's really like, again, it's what I like about podcasts is you jump in and get right in the mud of it all. Yeah, it's not like yeah. I mean, don't come to us for surface. don't come to us for well researched film analysis where we know who the director, the DOP, what lights were used. With it's opinions and surface at best. Yeah, but it's us talking about but it, horror. It's so. surface, but it's it, you're deep into it because of. The level of what's the love of it, rather? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just like surf. It's not just like basic reviews. It's like I'm deep. Uh, this is yeah. from a, a, a place of passion. Why do you think horror movies make you feel happy, though? <laughs> Especially think... with your upbringing. <laughs> yeah, so no, <laughs> it's such a dichotomy. I've never yeah. understood. I mean, I, I think we talked about it when you first came on the show. Is like, why do you like horror films? Because for most people, it was they saw something really fucked up when they were little, mm. way earlier than they should have seen it. Yeah. And their way of coping with the horrible thing they've seen was to sort of see more of it and mm-hmm. sort of buy into it, I suppose. So yeah. for me, it was American Werewolf in London, hearing yeah, the I screams from downstairs and then like finding it on VHS the next day, watching it, and it sort of... Oh, it's funny in places and yeah, boobs and you know. <laughs> maybe <coughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's like um, maybe it's a, there's an evolutionary reason why we kind of like if you can face a fear and gain control over it. Yeah, then it means more to you in some way. Well, it's I, I bring it back to. Um, um, not that I really want to quote him, but Jeremy Clarkson did a series called <laughs> Speed, right? And he right. took his mum on the big one at Blackpool right. roller coaster. And horror, fi- I always, I always liken horror films to roller coasters because it is that sort of fear thing, and yeah. then your your response afterwards. So he does the, this roller coaster. His mum is shaking and terrified and in pretty much in tears at the end of the ride. He's giggling <laughs> and smiling his head off. So basically, it's the equivalent of you've just been attacked by a lion. You've defeated the lion and survived. Some people will go into shock because I think it's serotonin. That's where I might be wrong on the neurotransmitter, but I think serotonin is released, which makes you feel like shit, mm. um, but you survived. Other people, their brain, brains are wired differently and you get a rush of dopamine. So yeah. you feel amazing because the lion didn't kill you. And that's yes. bungee jumping, that's abseiling, yeah, yeah. that's all that kind of stuff where you put yourself at the edge, like ride a fast motorcycle in my case. Yeah. Um, nothing beats that adrenaline rush because afterwards I feel amazing. My wife also rides a motorcycle. She hates going fast <laughs> because when really? she goes, when something spikes her adrenaline really high and she goes into that fight or flight sympathetic nervous system response, she just, it, she ends up shaking and out of control and right. it's, it's a horrible feeling. So I don't know if horror is quite that visceral, but it might be the same sort of thing. It's probably the same, yeah, it's probably the same chemical things that are happening it's just a lot safer mm. yeah because you can just turn it off yeah it finishes at some point it's mm. not yeah yeah um yeah it must be i i mean i just uh just love a scary movie although having said that i also get really despondent when you go and see one and it's not very good yeah. in a weird way like i don't think that 
Maybe that's a certain thing with genre. I think sci-fi, people who love sci-fi have a same, the same sort of oh, thing. Yeah. But I think it's, there's something about if, you, if you're really into a genre, it can, it's real highs and lows. So mm, like if, yeah. it's, if it's done and you're not impressed by it, you can really be like, I'm so annoyed <laughs> by that. But if you kind of saw like rom-coms, if you just got into rom it just it's a much it's more even a flat line. That's just a flat line. Like, yeah, that was yeah. all right. That wasn't. It, was all right. <laughs> it doesn't really matter either way. But there is something about like being really into a genre, a thing like that. that but horror is the unique the genre because like I say every film like on IMDb, anything like that is pretty much, unless it's exceptional, right. is a three-star movie because people love it and people hate it. Yeah. And they no- it normally divides right down the middle if it's yeah. one of those films. Yeah. I just, no other genre seems to do it quite so well. Um, yeah. But the Smashing. whole... The, the weird thing is people say, well, you enjoy watching people suffer. And it's like, well, no, actually, it's completely contrary because um, I like horror films if they make me feel a certain way to a point, but if they go past that line and just really upset me, then I, I hate that movie. A Serbian film? Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, but... The other thing is I don't watch I don't like war movies and I don't like gangster movies which oh, I right. think we've also covered before I can't remember um, because they are representations of people doing horrible things in real life which actually happened. Okay, they're dramatizations of it, but it's too near the truth. Whereas a oh, guy who okay. you shoot I shot him six times, you know, gets back up again and comes back for five more movies. Yeah, yeah that's that's far fetched enough that okay, I enjoy but the original, yeah, but I mean, you're referring to Halloween there, and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but if you only go with the original, is that not too close? To, like, because you know there are serial killers who have cut people up. At the time I watched that, I wouldn't have really known that because I right, don't go yeah. down the whole learning about serial killers thing. Yeah. Um, and it's hyper real enough in the way it's shot. It's fantastical. It's mm. and most horror films are kind of like that. If they get too near to the truth, then they start to become really uncomfortable. Right. Okay. So people say the the, the TP word that's banned on my podcast, yeah. which I have to bleep. Yeah, yeah. I could say it on yours. You can say it. Yeah. Mm, torture porn. Yeah. Don't ever say that on my podcast. Do you prefer gornography? No, no, no. I don't <laughs> like any sexual connotation. <laughs> so, now I I know exactly why you say that, and I agree with your point. And I think the problematic word is the is the porn word, yeah. but I don't agree that the phrase describes a sexual connotation. So I do, no. I agree and disagree with it's, you. It's the implication. To the implication can un- be uneducated on it. <laughs> yes, but I, I think actually what it what it the the most accurate description of what they're saying is that um, when you watch porn. When one watches porn, one doesn't watch for character development, story, or dialogue. Okay, one watches yeah. for a specific moment. Mm. That's the that's the moment you're all waiting for. That's a really good. Description. And there are okay. certain yeah. horror movies that are designed for that moment. The gratification there's, moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's okay. a lot of slasher movies that do mm-hmm. that 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 eschew any kind of character development or good plotting or. Yeah. Uh, good quality work because they've designed the entire movie for a series of money shots. Mm. So I don't necessarily think the the use of the word torture porn says this is the same as sexual gratification. What it is is this film is designed in a similar way as pornography would be designed in that Mm. you're here to see a certain thing and 
you don't need to worry too much about the rest. Well, you've just completely unseated my <laughs> argument on why I don't allow the word on my show, and I'm going to have to like done. Play, I'm going to have to play <laughs> this welcome. clip in my next <laughs> one that I record. Um, but so. I see why you say it because I think yeah, like you say, a lot of people will go, oh yeah, it's like it's you're like getting, off, getting off, watching. off on that. Yeah, exactly. Which and I, I disagree. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That shouldn't be the thing. But I think actually there is a a usage of that where mm. it does make sense why you would use that phrase. But the, the, I make it a comedy bit and I say, you know, that word's banned and all that. And the reason is, is because most times that label is used, I don't agree the films it's used on. Yes, yeah. Because yeah, I don't yeah. think those films, like Hostel is not that. No. It isn't about the gore scenes. The gore scenes punctuate yeah. the story. Yeah. In, and it, it takes it to a level that stops it just being a I think there's a pretty couple mundane of the film, sequels otherwise. that you could... You could argue we're in But there. they became that. They yeah, became like a parody sequel, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. So, yeah. but again, the first two, I would argue the first three, I wouldn't level that at either. No, and the, six is really good. I think mm. somewhere in the four and five, and probably seven, if I can remember. Yeah, I think seven definitely felt like, oh, this is definitely like how what new way can we think of yeah, that to pull someone's limb from limb. Didn't work for me, that one. And... There, I can't really remember anything else. No. So in that sense, it works. Yes. <laughs> um, this has got nothing to do with happiness, except it is making me feel very happy <laughs> to discuss it. Well, when um, I come out of a horror film that took me... like, Okay, so we've talked about this before, the film Martyrs. is like people say, mm. what's your favourite horror film? I'm like, Martyrs. Yeah. Because it took my heart out of my chest, threw it on the floor, stamped on it, shoved it down a garbage disposal, put it back yeah. in, then did it again. I'm like, why, why would you enjoy that? Because it took me on an emotional roller coaster. And did you feel happy when you came out of it, though? No. 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 But in a weird way, you did because it was so effective. It was exhilarating. To have a film do that to me and to carry me along and do that good a job and yeah. to make me feel that horrible at the end of it, when I went back to analyse it afterwards, I loved it for it. Yes, good. So yeah, that's that the sense. twisted yeah, yeah. thing about what yeah, we like. Yeah. Yet, yeah, take a film like Serbian film, which is arguably very well shot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very yeah, well yeah, lit. Yeah, it's very yeah, yeah, it's it's good production values. Um it was just designed to upset and then yeah. couched in a whole I'm making a political statement. I'm like I don't see that. I I I, I didn't felt have very to do that. Bad you know? about being a human being when a Serbian film finished. Yes. I felt very <laughs> bad for having watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely felt like there's one scene in particular that I was just like I could have done without seeing that. And I'm not like that about most. Like, mm. I can see most things. I'm, I can see some merit or no merit in it. There is a, definitely a scene in that film. And I was just like, I feel filthy yeah. that that existed. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's nothing good about that. Um, but then maybe, if you're really fair to it, being able to create something that visceral that makes you feel that way is probably an achievement. A job well done. Which again <laughs> yeah. is why if you go on IMDb, you'll see that the reviews are yeah. either love or hate. There's very little yeah, in the yeah. middle. Yeah, it's yeah. one or five star or one or ten star. But yeah. I mean, uh, with Halloween last year, that for me, because I'm such a huge fan of the Halloween franchise, mm. see, um, I felt like they'd given us a gift of a really great entry into the franchise mm. that sort of really it was it felt like a gift and that came I came out of that like absolutely buzzing really <laughs> okay feeling like and you know there's people have been like yeah I didn't really I wasn't quite into it that's fine for me I was just like thank you <laughs> that's f 
fine. That's yeah. fine. It doesn't need to... It, I'm sure if you'd have done other things, there could have been better things about it. It could have improved in some ways. Um, but for me, it was just like... But that that was so much more than we've been given for years and years yeah. in this <laughs> series. Um, thank you. Great. We're, yeah, maybe I mean, we're back on track sort of thing. And that yeah. that felt like a um, back on track. You know, yeah. Just dropped you a little <laughs> thing in there. Um, yeah, we, um, I should wrap it up because, uh, you know... We've got lives to lead. Oh, yeah, I said you need at least two hours if I come on this show. Um, we've done, we've done really well. Uh, I think we've sort of covered <laughs> covered happiness. We've gone off on a few things, but I like the fact that you've got passions and so have I, and we've sort of related that to each other's personalities. Mm. Um, I want you to continue being a happy guy. Oh, it makes me smile <laughs> to see you happy, and that's selfish Likewise. on my behalf. <laughs> Um, I love that you listen to this show. There's, I love the show. There's very Keep few of you out there, and you are <laughs> a special guy. So thanks for coming on. Um, any final words for the readers? Yeah, I mean, and if they live near you, they could come to your class. Oh, you can certainly. Yeah, yeah where, where's that? Uh, that would be. Uh, uh, there's one in Worcester Park and one in Ewell near Epsom. Um, Mondays and Wednesdays. If you yeah. want details, back on trackliving.com. Um, my story's on there. If you just want to go look at my story, that's all on there. See what yeah. it's all about. Um, I should add that if you, like I say, I'm not in this for the money. If you are in pain, if there, you think you can't work out, if you've given up, you can do this at home. You don't have to go to a class. It's an app. It's a smartphone app, iPad app. All the workouts are in there, nutrition guide, everything, and you can just do it at home because that's how I did it at first. Um, Good stuff. And it, you know, the, the idea is it's for repairing bodies first. So it was designed for people with bad backs. Mm. Um, uh, it works bad knees. It seems to have an amazing effect on autoimmune problems. There are people with MS doing better, people with fibromyalgia doing better. Uh, the main DDPY website has success stories more than you could read in a day, and they're all legit. I've met half the people. Um, so that's why it exists. The weight loss is just a side effect. So you know, that's why I'm... That's why I bought into the cult. Right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> hey, I've told you before, I like the sound of it, but I have no faith in my own abilities to do it. So, you know, maybe one day. I'll try and convince I'll you. Get <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming in. It's so nice to Thank see you, you as well. It's what a lovely. delicious day. <laughs> have a good day. And stop fasting. <laughs>